Hey, welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. We have Eric Brazilian on today. We're going over his new album, which is coming out in a week, two weeks? Less less than a week. It's coming out this Friday, the 14th. All right. And actually, the date will be a little off on this, but this is going, we will go up before it goes out, right before it about. So a little press for it. So the album, this is your new album. You've got 10 tracks. You've had a couple of videos out prior to this. There's little sneak peeks for people. And uh, off the bat, it's a stellar, stellar album. Thanks. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't really review many albums that I don't. I don't review them actually. <laughs> I don't like them at this, this level. It was. It's so good. It's. I'm looking down at my notes. Um, I say we jump in, and but we we'll go through. I want to go through some tracks with you, break them down, and kind of talk about, like I said, some of the musical instruments and pieces you did with them, because mm-hmm. you do have a lot of really interesting pieces, and you do. You're really good with string instruments that aren't so common. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is like the perfect happy melancholy album that you didn't expect that you needed for 2021 it's like Uh you know what i'm saying it's got the perfect it's like it's very reflective like it's almost because of the because of the time period it fits like you know people look kind of like i'm sad because i'm inside but i'm but i'm happy because i have a job or i have my health like it's that's what i'm saying it's like happy sad and 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 it's done in a way where it's not mopey it's upbeat and it's like the light in the tunnel and I have gratitude and the music's very upbeat with it too. So it's kind of a little journey. Um, yeah. That's how I take it. I, you know, I don't want to hope I don't misrepresent it in any of the, any of it, you know, stop me at any point. Um, it's just one no, I, opinion. I, I think I, I'm going to quote you on that. That's, I think that's uh, very well put. And if that, if that's what I delivered, then, then mission accomplished because that's. You do. I was thinking about this week. Yeah. I'm like, how, and you feel free to, feel free to use whatever I say. Um, it's, it's, it's so good. It fits. It fits the times. It's kind of healing in a way and cathartic in a way. Um, oh, it, you know? for, for me, it, for me, it certainly has been. I mean, a lot of the songs, some of the songs on this, I wrote before the COVID thing happened, mm-hmm. and they're really they were because I'm away from home. You know, I've been living, spending most of my time here in, in Stockholm, where I'm mm-hmm. sitting now, six hours ahead of you, really for going on four years now. And um, um, it's it's been interesting, you know. I, I I feel very comfortable here. I speak the language, you know. My wife's Swedish. My children are half Swedish, and um, um, but at the same time, I, I really really miss my miss my home. Um, I miss my studio, although I have access to it when I do go back there. But our right. house is rented out, so I have, I'm at the mercy of friends who have all been been wonderful. But um, yeah, then, you know, when COVID, COVID happened and I, I couldn't go back, that's when, when things really started, started heating up. But like, um, what's that? I said, yeah, it started to change for you. It was... Well, it just sort of became more of what it already was. I mean, I was already in this weird place where I'm like, you know, feeling dislocated and like, you know, where am I and where do I belong? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then, you know, when, when, when the pandemic happened and all of a sudden you can't go anywhere it just focused all of those, made all of those feelings even more intense for me. It, you want, cause it's when we, when we talked the last time we talked to you, we're actually in your studio and you're happy. You yeah. had your piano and these are some lyrical references in your songs and stuff, but you're like, it's kind of weird. Cause I'm looking out and I'm seeing somebody else in my house. Yeah. Your house is rented out, but you could get access to your studio. Yeah. It was like, you had all your toys and all your fun stuff because you're, you know, you're, you're like, you mentioned in your song, how, your piano is very important to you, not because it's just an instrument, because you've got it from your mom. 
Yep. It, it's just a lot of levels to that. Um, you probably created a bunch of songs that just mean a lot to you also. So, I mean, sure. so to have that access, but then have your home across yeah. from you, is, that was yeah. definitely probably put another piece on top of the heap of the whole COVID thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. And then the thing is, the, the thing that's amazing is we're renting an apartment in, in the center of Stockholm and um, studio space is really hard to find here. Um, and usually it's a, it's a windowless cubicle somewhere, you know, you know, uh, 10 by eight by 10. Um, it just so happens that there's a big finished room in the basement of this building that no one's using. And I, I stumbled into it and I asked, you know, some of the neighbors, you know, would you mind if I set up a little studio there? And they were like, great, please. We, you know, we'd love mm -hmm. to be put, put to use. So I got a table. Someone gave me a pair of little monitors. I've got my little uh, United Audio Apollo interface, a couple of good mics. Um, I've got the, you know, I've got a few electric guitars, a mandola, a mandolin, a bass, a keyboard controller, and a drummer in Philadelphia and a drummer in Slovenia who can record themselves. You know, that might be part of the, the, um, the reason why the songs may have a little bit more of them. Well, I think it gives it a consistency for sure, because my, my palette was definitely um, definitely limited um, which right. which I, I like to do anyway I, I, I like an album that has a sonic consistency to it um, which is why I'm a revolver guy more than I am a, a sergeant pepper guy right I can hear that well um, I can see you know you have to meet once you have so many toys it can be fun as a musician but how much are you going to use before you're make make all these crazy sounds and stuff where you're like eight months ten months finding a weird sound in the studio for one song and it's like yeah you can't like I, mean, I can hum all these songs back. Like some songs yeah. from certain bands, you can't do because a lot of their sounds are studio, like 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 an ambience, open space sounds, like a weird. You yep. can never recreate it. These are all songs you can pull up anything off my shelf here, and sit down and and play it and learn it. Cool. You know? That's that's the idea. I mean, you know, for me, when I hear a recording, I need to be able to see the instruments. I want to see a drummer. I don't want to see a guy yeah. at a laptop going. Boom. <laughs> You know, I want to see a bass player, you know, um, which is why, you know, a lot of the, you know, music that's produced today and it's really well produced, but all I see is a guy with a laptop. It's Daryl. And yeah. I, I love this. And that's one of my favorite things is I can see this is a musician's album and, and, and I love to promote albums like this because it's, it's I think the word organic, organic is overused, but it's such a singer songwriter album. But then when you get done with the song, you, it feels like you've got a full band behind you doing the songs at the right times. Yep. Um, the balance. It's, you know, and I, I guess it's because I, I've really only, like a handful of albums I've heard this year that are this consistent from oh. top to bottom. Um, <laughs> this is probably a few ones I've reviewed on my show <laughs> because there's just there's nothing out there. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact uh, your studio, is that the one you do in all your videos? Like you look like you're in the basement. Yeah, yep. It's okay. in the, in the, yeah. in the basement yep. here. I think it's fun. I, I really, I think I like it. That's what kind of when I came across. I was like, that's really good. It's kind of like a, a really basic feeling, and it's kind of nice actually. It's kind of a, a I don't know. It yeah, natural. I mean, it's, it's it it, def, it it tells a, it tells a cohesive story. I think it does, and you've got the songwriting skills, and and clearly there's no distractions. You're focused. This year has been a year full of 
a grab bag of a hot dumpster fire of emotions. So you've got yep. the emotions there, you have the, the, the years, the talent, and then you've got some great instruments like the guitars and so you've got some really special instruments and then you have to focus because you have nothing around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a perfect true. storm to write this album, you know? Yep. Um, let's, let's just kind of jump in. All right. And tear apart. We'll start the high note. It is yep. a high note. It starts off. Um, with a really good upbeat song and it's i think important for me and then i'll let you speak on this is when, when albums are done the order the songs are done is very important you know and it's like just do it sometimes it's just a weird mixture and you're like yeah but what makes a really good album is also how the songs work together in order yeah and this plays to that strength so high note when you want to kind of jump in it's you know that was one of the earlier ones i think i i think i wrote that in like in march or april mm -hmm. i think that was um probably april um and it started with a mandola riff you know most of most of my songs start with a riff um a melodic chordal yeah. thing um and really for the past 15 years i've been writing more on the mandola than anything else now the mandola that i that i have is it's not strictly speaking a mandola. A real mandola is a like a viola. It's yep. um, it's tuned C G D A. This is strictly speaking an octave mandolin, and it's tuned G G D G D. That's the way my Swedish folk musician buddies play it, and um, I just love the thing. And and sonically, it functions like an acoustic guitar, but it doesn't sound like an acoustic guitar. It's got like a a character that's pretty unique. And for me, I just find I can pick it up and, you know, melodies just come out. So that, that was the first thing. And the thing is that instrument holds, it's not like, that's a weird sound of a guitar. Like, you know what I'm saying? For, for somebody outside doesn't know, I mean, I'm aware of all your instruments and stuff, but somebody here at the album, they're like, what the hell is that? It's a really nice sounding string instrument, even if you don't know what it is. Yep. It carries yep. a melody. In a, in, a, in a nice, different way. Yeah, and I, I use it a lot with the Hooters. I mean, I, I got this one in, I think, 2004. And um, and I, all of the, the work we've done since then, which hasn't been a lot, you know, there was the one album mm -hmm. in whenever that was, 2007, eight, um, and then a bunch of live stuff. But but that instrument's a big part, a big part of our sound now. Actually, We actually call that instrument the Hooterizer. <laughs> it does it did remind me i'm gonna say this um because it's a part of you the hooter is, is, is like your arm or your legs yeah. so there's gonna always be a part of your sound in there but your last i see your two like the optimist album that you did and um the dull boy i can't think of the title yeah, you know very dull boy very double way off center of the hooters almost like you're trying not to be the much of the hooters the drums are a little different it was a little different sounding this one feels to me and i say it to people i always like i like this band, but the but the artist they go solo. Some people are kind of like picky. They like, but they like. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like their meat mm -hmm. and potatoes. Well, I'm going to say to the people out there, if you like the Hooters, you're going to like this album. It's not a compromise with them, but it does have some of the Hooter flavors that I think people like. Yeah. You know, I think your other two albums are great, but they're not the sound of the Hooters. So it yeah, just depends no. on what people like. Yeah, and it did, you know it it absolutely I mean, it did occur to me that some of these songs might might be good Hooters songs. Yeah. But I just felt like I was so deep into the process of making an album and I hadn't put out a solo solo album 
-hmm. almost 20 years. So I thought this is time. It's definitely time. It's funny, there's a funny story behind the reason why there's an album. Um, I did a podcast back in April uh, with a woman who's a medium. And what she does is, I didn't know this going into it. I didn't, I didn't bet the thing. Um, but what she does is she'll channel someone that you name who's gone mm -hmm. to the other side and you can ask them questions. So um, I, I said, okay, my father, my, my father died in 2017. And he was always a huge supporter. I mean, until the end, he always came to our shows. He was always dancing. I love that. I love when I hear my parents are supporting their kids to oh. music. It's, I just love to hear that. That's my favorite yeah. thing. I can never get tired of hearing that on this, on this show. No, I mean, I really, I literally wouldn't be here if, if it weren't for him. He, he supported me in the lean years. He said, mm -hmm. you know, go for, go for your, your dream. You've got the goods to make it. And I'll, I'll help in any way I can, which he really did. That's, so, that probably helped you keep your head on straight too. I, I've, every artist I've heard, I have to take away from this, when they have their parents' support, Usually when they've heard weird times in the music industry, you know, it always slides. It's, it's yep. the worst thing in the world, yep. right? But there's no TMZ, you smashing the car, cocaine, or like, you're like, no, that. It's, you're just a musician and times change. Yep. A lot of musicians that had their families behind them, they're, it was like, all right, weird time in the job market. Keep working, keep going, head down. Not like, oh my God, my life's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like it grounds you more. But yeah, exactly. sorry, to, your, to, your, to your story, it feels like it's just a, no, it's, it's you're right. It's a very good point. So she got she got got my father on the line, and <laughs> I asked and I, I I asked a question that I actually would would ask him. Where mm -hmm. is your mother's birth certificate? Because I knew that he he had gotten it when she died. She died in '96, and I wanted to have it. And yeah. so um, Carrie, that that's her name, the 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 interviewer. She said. Your, your father's shaking his head and smiling like that's a trick question. And I'm like, yeah, he probably would, that, he would probably do that. And then she said two things. She said, uh, first of all, he's incredibly proud of you. Well, it was like, duh, no shit, Sherlock. He always right. was. Um, the other thing is that you have, you, have a, you have three songs that you've recorded that you're happy with. There's a fourth one that you've given up on you need to finish that song and then you need to, to do an album. And at the time I couldn't think of a song that I had given up on because I very rarely give up on a song. Right. And it, it wasn't until the next day when I, I you know, opened up Pro Tools and looked inside my hard drive, I had started a song called Back in the 80s that I had given up on. So the back, we'll go back to that song because it's a really good song we can break down mm -hmm. a little bit more. But mm -hmm. so that led you into picking up the pieces now approaching the album so you had a couple songs and the market being so different if you don't mind me explaining like how do you do you put out yourself or are you kind of put out on your own like how how does that work now and there's so many different options yeah uh, you know i'm doing what everyone does i you know i have a di digital distributor you know a lot of people use cd baby or they use um distro kid uh amuse is a big yeah. one here i'm using a company called symphonic because and then, right, well. you know, and then I also have a, I also have a, a you know, digital uh, PR company, promo company, trying to get me on third-party playlists. And, you know, it's money I will never see back, but no. I need to do it. It's hard. It's, it's really hard because like I was saying to you, and we were talking earlier, I'm going to break the third wall here. If this came out, the market's different. There's no such thing as platinum albums. Out. It's just not a world anymore. Yeah. We don't live in that world. Yeah. 
and thank God we lived in it or whoever you believe in. Thank God we got to experience it. You got to experience it with the albums, but thank goodness in those years, you know, the eighties and nineties and seventies, there's some, such a difference of flow and music and potential for things were really out there. Sure. You know, um, nowadays it's kind of, you know, algorithms. I joke about the algorithm with my show with things. Yeah. I'm like algorithm, get off my front lawn. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? It's like that pesky kid. Um, this album, you know, is, it's a full package. It's, you know, the question is, you know, how many people are going to be able to get to hear this to the right places? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I hope you, you can know, just I, playing with this, touring it or something. It's. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, unfortunately touring isn't an option right now. Not right now. And, right. And by the time touring becomes an option again, I'm going to be really busy with the Hooters. True. I don't know, because sometimes yeah. when a band does a gig, they go out and they'll be like, you know, they'll do two shows and then they'll have a couple days off. And, and you, somebody goes, oh, well, I'm in town. I'm going to go to a club and, and just do yeah. acoustic or something. I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Or you do like a little live acoustic thing, download thing, like a, just a recording. Because you have so many great acoustic live things out there when you just kind of like, uh, I don't know, you just do something I saw and you, you were playing. Like in a living room playing songs. You just have like a lot of fun. It's just, it's nice. And these albums would... These could play well in a festival or could play in a small room, you know? Yeah, um, well, hopefully I'll get the chance to, to try all of it. I, th- I think so. And I want to say regardless of big or small, because this, this is, should be something like we're really proud of. This is a, a crowning achievement of a, of a full, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's what you want to do. It's, it's the Beatles. It's the perfect, simple sounding pop album. But when you pull it back, it's not very simple. Right, right. No, it's definitely... You know, when I when I try to show my my parts, guitar parts, bass parts, whatever, mm-hmm. to, to other musicians, I realize I, I don't play like the other kids. I definitely have a I have a twist on whatever it is my fingers do and the way my brain works. You do, and you have to really listen to it. I had, I took the time as people was listening to Paris apart for a week, so I really kind of went through it. But when you hear these the first song, like I I will get to another song. It sounds very simple, very catchy. You're like, if you're not really listening yeah. to it, and you have a lot of stuff pulled down. It's not over, over the top. But when yeah, you look under really the hood, under the hood, yeah, that's your, that's your phrase. Yeah. I was going to go with that, yeah. but you beat me to it. So, <laughs> it's you know, so I mean, much more to it. Yeah, you know, I know. I try to keep the productions, you know, simple. You know, um, mandola usually double tracked because it sounds good like that. Then I have a rhythm mm-hmm. guitar part, and you know, one on the left, one on the right, and lead guitar up the middle and vocals, maybe a keyboard somewhere. And then yeah. that's it. Well, so actually this is the one in, like I said, listen to all of them in the high note. We're talking about, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of, it's got like, um, look back at the good times, kind of big and it's kind of a bouncy song, kind of a bump, but I'm kind of feeling kind of good. Um, verse, it has like a verse chorus, but then you have like the high note, but then after the high note, you have like almost like a, a, an extra bonus chorus melody i love when songs have those you do like once or twice in there we kind of go we're here chorus oh you know what let's go up here one more level which, which is super fun you know i mean i think the high note is sort of sort of my message to myself basically saying you're not done yet you know you've still got you've got another mountain to climb you've got another river to cross and and this even, album is, is on your sleeve this is your heart on your sleeve it, well they all are but you know this one is my heart now on my sleeve. And, um, you know, I think it's sort of a message for everyone is, you know, especially with the times we've been going through and, you know, not just with this, this 
this uh, pandemic, but you know, with, with politics and everything's just been like mm -hmm. kind of a mess. And you know, we we really we need to hit the high note again. We do. It's and I'm and sorry. we can. I think I think we can. You know, I, I try to be the optimist in all of this. And um, you know, the f funny thing is, the day after I wrote the song, a film mm -hmm. came out called The High Note. <laughs> And I was I was going to call the album the high note for a long time. That was that was the title, and um, uh, I got um, I, uh, a friend of mine here in, in Stockholm has been helping me with my art direction and artwork. Mm -hmm. And he, he he sent me a a version of the um, of the album art with the title on it, with my name in the title. And I said, you know, the name looks really good, but the title just looks like it's taking up space. I'm just going to call the album Bazillion which yeah. you only get to do it once. You know, McCartney did McCartney, McCartney 2, now mm -hmm. McCartney 3. I never did that. And, and every title, had, though it wasn't something I intentionally did, but The Optimist, A Very Dull Boy, they were self-referential in some way. It is, and well, so, in those songs, in those albums, I would say listening to me as an outsider, I hear you being an optimist and a pessimist in those. Well, yeah. This one, I say your heart's on your sleeve. I almost feel like it's more of your underbelly and it's much more of you showing a little more emotional, not being so much of a pessimist, kind of like you're talking to yourself and it shows a little bit more inside of like your heart and not being so flip optimist, pessimist, like the other two albums. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I, there's definitely a dance that I needed to do to keep, to keep the positive in it. Um, not, you know, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but I, I miss everything yeah. Yeah. originally was just, I miss everything. I miss everything. I miss everything. I miss everything. Um, it was really, it was really kind of a bummer because I was feeling like really a bummer that day. And I played it for my daughter and she said, dad, that's really good. But, but where's the silver lining? Mm -hmm. And, you know, first I thought I was really stubborn. Well, there is no silver lining here. I just really miss everything. And then I thought about it. You know what? I'm a silver lining kind of guy. I mean, there's a Hooters song called Silver Lining, which is like one of the yeah. high highlights <laughs> of our show. And, and, and I realized that I could just swap out one I miss everything for I've got everything. That's the best part because I actually, from there, we'll have to talk about the song more because it's like the best song. When I heard that, I was like, oh, what's going on? I feel like it's drowning out. It was kind of bumming me out. I hate music. It bums me out. I know. I like watching TV shows that bum me out. Like my wife's really great at watching the worst shows. So I'm like, we're going to find another sad show or another potato famine, something horribly sad. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't like things that make you sad. There's yeah. enough sad things. Right. So I'm here and I'm like, oh, it's technically it's good, whatever. And then you get to the thing where you're like, I miss everything. But I, but, it did, but then you get the, the last line where you kick in. I'm like, I get it. And then each time you hear it, it feels even that much better. Like it's yeah. rewarding. Because you feel like, I'm sad, I'm sad. Yeah, but I do have everything here. I'm sad though. But yeah. I have, but yeah. I know I have everything. I'm just still kind of sad which is it's like how everybody feels it without saying it out loud. Right, right. My job is to say it out loud. You, you, you do it and you say it and it says it in a way where it's not beating everybody down because it takes a minute to think about it. You're like, yeah, yeah. that way. You know, and the melodies, you got a couple melodies layered into it too. So we'll go, we'll go back to that. In the high note, you actually, at the end, is that the one where you go, um, no, we'll go back to that. So let's go from there, the big 80s, the verse chorus, like I love. Then you go back in the 80s, track two. That's a real good song right now. Perfect time of year. COVID maybe breaking for some places. It is a summertime feeling song. The cultural references are perfect. You know, get Bon Jovi. And then the way you phrase, 
having the Thompson twins, you don't do it as an evolve, you know, ABC type of thing. You sing it with a little different cadence to it, where you have a different ways of singing it. You do that a lot of different things. That's one of my favorite things about your singer, songwriting is how you phrase and do your beats, because it's not always the same. And that's all totally instinct. Is it? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, the way I usually write is I kind of get into a trance-like state. You know, I, I, I had already recorded the, a, a basic version of the track with the mandolas mm -hmm. and, and, and the guitar part. And um, I actually, this is one song where I actually did have the title first. Okay. The title and, and just the, 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 the melody the back melody. in the 80s, it came to me, mm -hmm. that came to me. I actually have a voice memo of that. Um, but, but um, you know, the rest of the song, I just, you know, the, that the melody suggested the mandolin, the mandola riff. And then I just start, started singing and that's what came out back in the 80s. We had big hair, you had a fast car and places to go. There was Bon Jovi, even on a prayer. And we had the Thompson twins to hold us now. And I actually Right, but that would not have fit if you're doing a, a, a songwriting course. If one of these courses, master course online, they've been like, no, that's too wordy. That's too breath. You're not, but you're not out of breath. And at first, you're singing like, wait, whoa, what? And you, then you get it. Like, I don't even know what the, musically what that's called to have the change of the pattern. I actually tried to look it up one time. Because I, I, I noticed you did that a long time ago. And I was like, what is that called? But I don't know. It's 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 called songwriting. I know, but you know what I'm saying. There's a, there's a way that you have that the the the, the beat and the phrasing. You can you can have that. I think one of your songs you have like two or three different times you do that in a song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, again, it's on this the album, way I hear it. It's the way I you know it's the way I heard it. And yes, I realized it should rhyme, and it should have you know the cadence should be parallel. And I went, no, this is the this is this is what it told me it wanted to be. And the second verse is different. The second verse actually does have a rhyme right. and a more even cadence. And I actually tried to tried to make it fit with the first verse. And I went, nope, this is what it wants to be. I like that. And I think that's what's great about it because if you try to rhyme too much in too many songs and you try too hard, it can be just so, so awful. Yeah. It yeah, can be like I a get, rhyme. I, I, get, I get stuck in that a lot. You know, when I, when I, well, no, when I, I sit everybody down to does write, that. Yeah, yeah. You it know, was when the I rule sit down in the 80s. Write, yeah, well, it's still kind of the rule. Um, but, but, you know, whatever. That, that's just the way it came out. And then the chorus came, you know, a couple of weeks later when, when Carrie, the medium, told me that I had, a, my father said I had a song I had to finish. And I had, I had two verses and, and, um, and, the guitar, and the guitar solo, that slide guitar solo. And I went Which, back to- yeah, that's great went back to a chorus and then I sent it to a friend of mine. I have a friend named James Bourne. He's uh, from a British band called Busted who were huge in the aughts. They were kind of seen as a boy band. Mm -hmm. uh, they, had, they had a song called Year 3000, which the, the Jonas Brothers covered. Oh, really? And yep. And James is one of my best friends and my favorite musical collaborators. And he said, you need a third verse. And he fed me the, the, the lines about, you know, um, vacate the cities, head, head to the country, disinfect your hands and cover your mouth. I don't think he realized that it would fit the cadence perfectly. Um, yeah. And so of course I made him a writer on the song oh, because, it, because he, if I wouldn't have finished the song without his, his input. It was one of the fits. It's really, it's, this is a time smart album, you know, without being forced down your throats of being, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, wanted uh, to be, 
I want it's it to a product be. of the environment, not something a statement. It's a product, I think. Well, it, yeah, it, it is what it is, and you know, I think there's some universal truth in it that you know that isn't just particular to this crazy time in history. Mm -hmm. I think it's you know. Again, I, you know, I, I want people to be able to listen to this in 10 years, 20 years and say, wow. Well, I, th I think they could because what I, what, I, what I heard is when they said that the hand sanitizer, you talk about, look a little bit about this, but still on it now. But you mm -hmm. also talk about the Beatles being bigger than Jesus, a time period. You talk about this time period with the, in this song, but in other songs, you talk about other time periods. So talk about that is just another time period. You go forward in 10, 20 years, do you hear it? Mm -hmm. That will just be another time period right in the in the time period that's what i'm saying you know what i mean yeah so you do have a lot of other references that are just 70s sure. and 80s 60s um yep. which i appreciate it makes you smile and, my hair and no one has gotten the tracy chapman reference you had a fast car we had a you had a fast car oh. places to go yeah i just didn't yeah i didn't think that one and i wasn't thinking i it's funny because it didn't occur to me until a couple of days later that what I what I had done there. See what I did there? There's a subliminal in your mind. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. funny. What's well, all it's all subliminal in my mind. All my good songwriting is completely, yeah. you know, messages. It, it's and I love the fact you got your electric guitar in there. And so let's talk about real quick though, the guitars you're using. Okay. So the guitar in the in the video that you you can see um, um the video is black and white so you can't see the 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 beautiful gold flake that it is. It's a 1964 Ellie sound uh, made in Italy by the Cruccinelli Accordion Company. And I found it around the corner here in Stockholm at a wonderful music store that I, I literally go to every day to see what they've gotten. <laughs> and it was one of those things, I got it. I just thought this would be a cool looking thing to hang on the wall. Um, and I plugged it in at the store and it sounded okay. I took it back here and the thing is, they they got it with with heavy gauge strings on it. Whoever had it before had strung it with, you know, really, you know, like like you know, thirteen to to whatever. And they had they had it tuned down to C. And um, I figured I'm going to leave these. Okay, so it's like a baritone guitar, but not really a baritone guitar. Is like down to A. But um, I realized I mean, so I um, back in the '80s is in the key of B. Now, the thing is, B is a great key for my voice because mm -hmm. I have like five good notes and th th they're all in the key of B. That was another potential album title, Songs in the Key of B. <laughs> but um, so I realized if I tune the guitar up a half step to C sharp, I can play in D, which is a great key to play guitar, to play mm -hmm. on guitar. So I'll play in D, but it'll, it'll actually be in B. So that's what I did. Um, and, uh, the guitar has four pickups, by the way. Now I'm usually, four. yeah, four. Now, most of my guitars have one, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Les Paul Jr. guy with the Hooters. That's, that is the official guitar of the that's Hooters. It. And even that, that three pickup, um, Borden Saku that I have, I mostly just use the, the, uh, the bridge pickup on that. That's my sound, but this guitar right. has four and I found that all four of them makes a pretty cool tone. So I use that for, for some of the stuff. But um, that guitar through the United Audio uh, Marshall 2203 plugin sounds awesome. You know, I don't have any amps here. I don't, I don't have my Kemper here. I've been, I've been a Kemper guy since 2013. That's oh, all wow. I, yeah. that's, I, I profiled my own amps. My, the box that I used on all of those 
Hooters records, the Cindy Lauper records. Vox. The I, oh, behind me, I, got, I can't do the yep. behind me. The Vox yep, is such a great. Yep. You know, I've got a bunch of old AC30s, you know, from the, from the 60s. And um, I profiled one of them. I profiled my Marshall. And, um, you know, that's my thing. I don't even have that here. So I'm at the mercy of plugins. Fortunately, United Audio had, makes some really good plugins. So, yeah. I, and I decided I'm going to, this is the only guitar I'm going to use. And this is the only amps, amp profile plugin I'm going to use. So there's a consistency in the album. And that guitar is always tuned down to C sharp. It does, but each the guitar, I don't, it doesn't sound like the same guitar, like soundy riff. Because I, I love when you do your solos because you do have like a, a rocky. I can say I feel like you could you could easily classify yourself. You could do, you could break into a heavy metal solo. Oh, d- solo. totally! I I, I, I totally I, hear I, that in the back of you. Like here's yeah. this is waiting to break out every now and then. Like no, the scorpions, I love well, scorpions, obviously. Yeah, no, I, lo- I hear I love that working with, yeah. with my rock bands. But okay, but, I hear it. But there are tracks that I recorded before I got that guitar. So "Heaven Ain't Gonna Save Us" and um, uh, and "Bleed Red," for example, which have the the, mm-hmm. the most ripping solos. Those are all my gold top. Yeah, that's my '56 gold top because those okay. I recorded I recorded at my studio at home. Okay, that would explain why they do sound a little bit different. Yeah, but yeah. everything sounds sort of similar. But it's it's really just yeah. We'll go back to that one. "Bleed Red" solo is ridiculously awesome. Oh. I think you're just waiting to rip that one at the end. I'm like, ah, oh. yeah. wait if you do like a hard rock guitar album or something. Because, so actually, great point. We'll talk about this. We'll go, so go to heaven. Um, I'm going to save uh, a couple things here. Like, we're talking about your vocals. Mm-hmm. Vocally, I like the fact because your voice is a little more raspy in this one, this album, mm-hmm. but it's clean and it's, and it's good. Like I said, you know your voice, which is always a great songwriter and a guard singer. Because you, you sing to your voice. When people don't yeah. sing to their voice, it's a nightmare. You yep. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are as a great singer. You know your voice. And it, it's a good voice. And it's, you really use it optimally. No, it's, I like it. I think it's a really good voice. And, and, and it's, but you, because it's almost like it's raspier and it's a little higher, but not, but it also has some baritone into it. It's like, it's not all over the place. It's, it really just fits. And uh, vocally, I think this is probably your best vocal album, too. Thanks. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's funny, you know, most people, as they get older, they're, they lose their top range. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine has actually expanded over the years. I can hit notes now I never could before. Um, I'll, I'll give some credit for that to my, my vocal coach, Susan Dash, uh, at, out in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. who I don't know what she does. It's voodoo. But I've been going to her for a few years. And really, whatever she's doing, it's working because I, I really can sing better now than I ever could before. It, and it I, sounds different compared to your I really albums. wish I really wish I could re-sing all of my Hooters vocals now. <laughs> it's it's really it, but it's good. I mean, you really do it now. Track four. Uh, actually, no, we'll have we'll go to heaven. I'm sorry, track three. Heaven's going to save us now. Am I hearing the Beatles in there or what? Yeah, totally, totally. You know, am I hearing um, revolution? Am I hearing some? Totally. I feel like it's. I feel like, but but it's not like you're not hiding it. You're not showing it. You're taking it like an homage to it, and you're kind of like flipping it around, and you're throwing it in a few parts of the song. But it's but it's it's its own separate song, which is yeah. fantastic to hear because you could take those parts out, and it's a song. The funny thing is, the song wasn't written like that. Um, originally, the song was written to kind of a pop a pop track, like a like mm-hmm. with synths and and you know keyboards and and those kind of 
pop changes that that the kids like these days. I was, yeah. It was an experiment, and then you know the, the song came on top of that. And at some point, I, I remember sitting down, picking up my guitar, and realizing, oh my god, I can play this like Revolution and sing the song over it, and it really makes a much stronger statement like that. It, it does, and it's like and when you do the vocals, the guitar in the beginning sounds like Revolution, but there's a part where you, your harmonies and the vocals layer into almost like a Beatlesque. Yeah, part. I yep. love that. I'm thinking, what song is that from? Like, it was so that, that really struck me when I was hearing that song. I, I like that and a the, lot. And, and the electric piano is totally a nod to yep. you know to uh, to Revolution. Um, the, um, the, the funny thing is, originally it started with a fuzz guitar. And um, yeah, and I, I sent it to to um, the guy who mastered the album, my friend Martin Stibanik yeah. in Slovenia, and he said track is great, but you need to play it on mandola to make it fit with the rest of the record. Otherwise, it's it just it sticks out too much. Mm -hmm. And he was right. So it Good starts call. like revol it starts like revolution number one, and yep. then it becomes the single revolution. It, it's great, and it's it's so fun because it's not ripping it off. It's not it's playing with it. It's like throwing it in there for fun. Like it's yeah. Well, it's a loving homage. It is, but you don't. You don't usually hear that, especially nowadays. You don't. But so it's usually one or the other. You know what I mean? Yep, which I, I loved it, and I know you have a big thing. Um, so another another one of the songs, Sarah, when she's sleeping, is a really fun song, very tongue in cheek sort of, but it's very much sort a love of. song. Oh, very much, and I very rarely write love songs. I'm not. Yeah, love songs are are, you know, to find a, a unique angle, it's it's tough. I mean, most love songs are either, I don't have you, I wish I had you, um, mm -hmm. I had you, I don't have you anymore, I wish I still had you. I have you, I wish I didn't have you, you know, so on and so forth. So to find a, you know, a real angle, and I guess the angle in this one is sort of redemption. You know, someone who has helped you to redeem yourself, which, which it is. my Sarah definitely, definitely has and continues to do. Um, and the, um, the uh, Sarah, the, when she's sleeping thing, that was just words that came out of my mouth, but she uh, she said, "Did you write this song about me snoring?" <laughs> and I realized, yeah, yeah, maybe I did. Cause she does. She has an adorable snore, and it, it actually, I, I wait for her to snore because it helps me fall asleep. To me, I heard it as it felt like it was it was written about her that um, the feeling of her resting and sleeping and being at peace feels good to you. Knowing something yep. you care about is also in a good spot. Yep. Sort of, kind of. Yep. That's how I I heard it. So, yep. because you got the other way, because you know, you look at um, I'll be watching you by the police. That becomes stalking. There's a fine line between a beautiful right. love yeah. song and a restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Did you make that up? I just said it right there. Everything comes Whoa. off. I, if, if I think about things off the top of my head, I'm, I'm awful. So, with that song, and I, I listened to it, and I was thinking the dynamics of the two of I'll be watching you and you're like, I love you when you're sleeping. I'm not creeping. I love you when you're sleeping. Right. right. And this, and that becomes more of a heartfelt personal ballad. Sure. You know, and I'll tell you what, yep. neither I'll be watching you. Cause that's a great song. And God yeah. forbid if I could ever get my fingers far enough on the neck to just do oh. those three things. In G sharp. Why the hell does he do it in G right. sharp? Why doesn't he do it in a every song? And there's another song I do too. That's just like that. Another, then they're spread. I'm like, I have to you know, break my hands and like recast them or something. It's 
Let me start on those, those um, great notes. But an, a, another aspect to, to the sleeping yeah. angle that someone, that someone pointed out. So I think on our, our, our last talk, I, I talked about the writing process of one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you we, did. did we talk? So yeah. Sarah literally was asleep as I was writing the song. She fell asleep and I wrote the song. And then she woke up and fed me the last line of the chorus. So good things happen when Sarah's sleeping. Well, I, I do. I think, and I can say like with my spouse, when there's a peacefulness, like, you know, it's not if you're sleeping alone or they're asleep, but they're not there, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. An energy, a synergy of love. It's, it's something that unless you know it and experience it, you know it if you know it, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And, and I can feel that when you do that. And, and um, kind of interesting. That's why I was thinking you were going with that too, that kind of feeling. Um, and it works. It's a fun. It's a fun. It's a fun song too. If you don't really think about it, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, that's. It should be fun. They should all be fun. Well, they are. But you know, high, upbeat. Got a nice little COVID upbeat outlook on it. I I, I love the guitar running through it. Yeah, that's that's Easy the riff. Ellie. That's the yeah. Ellie. Also, yeah, the Ellie sound. Nice. Um, yeah, you know that was one. Um, again, mandola riff. I had no idea what I was going to sing. I think, I, I think the chorus came first. Um, and then I was really frustrated. And, you know, I said, I'm just going to sing something. So I put it in record and I sang, I want to write a happy song because I'm feeling kind of low, no direction in my mm-hmm. mind. Very Dylan. Telling me which way. I yeah, I heard that. Go. I heard a little Dylan in it. Um, and, and I, you know, I played it back. I went, wow, okay. Yeah, that works. And then, you know, then the, the, the third verse, you know, I want to write a happy song because that's what I do the best. Yeah, which is which is really true. You know, I'm I'm I, I'm a I'm a glass half full kind of guy or I'm, I'm best at that. I try to be a glass half empty kind of guy and I fail miserably. I just, I just well, don't I, do well, musically, at least, at least what you put out your output. Anybody's followed you as a hooters would easily see it. But also, like I said, when I've listened to your, when I listen to your solo albums, I hear the optimist pessimist battle, yep. yep, which is really great for songwriting. Yeah, because. Otherwise, you get too much of one. It's just uh, if you get yeah. if you get too much of a pessimist, you get um, you get the nineties. You get grunge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but if you get too much of the other one, you're gonna get you know. So the the battle of good and evil is always a good story. Um, but but that song is really quite upbeat, even though you're struggling. Yeah. It sounds like you're you're struggling with yourself. Sure. Yep. I I was. I am. We all are. We all are, and it's great to hear. I think people like to relate to songs without having to over overdo it. All right, so um, number six, track six, rather. I miss everything. We've talked about a little bit, and I'm going to say hands down, probably my favorite song I think you've ever done. Oh. And, and 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 when I heard it, I thought it was very simple. It was okay. I was like, oh, all right, kind of bummed me out. My first heart at the beginning of the week when you sent it to me, right? Yeah. And it was not my standout track of you've ever done. I'm like, eh, I figured it's just be a track, you know. Yeah. As it went on, and you go through the course of everything, and then you have your, like, your little pieces kind of redeem yourself. You're like, I like everything, but I appreciate what I have. Or yep. paraphrasing, and it kind of says you really own it, and it, it's and it's it's a great feeling that it almost makes me think about myself. I'm like, you know what? I am sad, but I do appreciate everything. I was feeling self reflection from those words, mm-hmm. which Good. kind of pulls you out of yourself out, which is great. And I think it's as powerful as God is one of us. Um, it's just, I think it's probably, like I said, one of your best, best songs. And that's, I'm including Hooter songs. So Thanks. to me, 
that is going to be the one. And then we'll listen to it, and it sounds great. And this whole album does sounds great with headphones, though. It's not just I tell the people in the audience. I listen to it when I do a, an album review. I'll do computer speakers because you're at work, or you'll do these speakers, small ones, and I'll do I'll hear it in the car. I'll work. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll absorb an album so so you know how you feel it, where it works best. Because you start albums, you're like, it's a beach album. It's this album. You're going to mean a certain things. You, I'll do yard work with whatever. This one is pretty flexible. It's pretty pliable where you can kind of just listen to it and put the windows down. It sounds good on good speakers. You really want to appreciate you want it in stereo. If you have a decent headset, I put my nice headphones on so I can hear all the little nuances that you do, the yeah. right and the left and the little, the mandolin and stuff. That's where I think me and I miss everything fell in love. I'll invite nice. you to the ceremony when we get married because I think that is where it, it, it happened. Um, so that's, that's just the, you know, Oh, good ones. That's ringing, ringing praise. Thank you. Oh, there it is. Um, where home is so that's a, a good rocker. Yeah, uh, yeah. drums kind of pick up in it, which is interesting. Is um, the album is like very like I said, consistent. Um, your last album you did, uh, Double Boy, a lot of your out songs start off with a lot of drums. Yep. Which is an interesting choice because a lot of songs don't. Not, you have like one song in every album that kind of drums. But you had like like the first half of the albums just starts off with crazy crazy drums, right? Right, and actually there are there are no live drums on that album. That was it I mean sounds... they are live they are live drums, but not recorded for me. Those are those were um, just you know stereo audio files of a drummer playing different beats okay. that I chopped up and made and made for that album. And I thought about replacing it with with, with live drums, but why? It sounded great. It was fun. It's a fun difference. I'm like, because that's something you don't usually hear in a, in a, in a thing. And the amount that yeah. is, is the, the energy is so crazy going into each song too. Yeah. Um, so that's a big difference in this album where it's not um, with that. But in this, Word of Home is really I really like the drums in this. I like the drums and everything. Um, I actually think this would be a great song if you if you ever play it live, like a second to last song live song. I could hear the song kind of like yeah. bringing it home. And then of course you have your big single or your, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like the, one of the last couple rock out that people may not know, but they, they can all rock out to. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I think I would do with that one. Um, cool. Track eight, take take you uh, take you with you. First off, the the I love the phrase right there. Take you with you. It's ownership. It's good yeah. and bad. Where, wherever you find yourself, there you are. Yeah, it's great. Um, you get an A plus on the electric guitar on that one. <laughs> Thanks. Now that one, that one was written and recorded in nineteen. 19- uh, no, I'm sorry, in two, uh, 2013. Really? That's the o- oldest song on the album, and I've been holding on to it. Um, uh, it's a funny story of that. I, I, I wrote that song one, early one afternoon while I was, I was waiting for my friend James Bourne, the uh, guy mm-hmm. who I was telling you about. He was coming to, vi- to visit me for the first time. He was taking the train from New York. Yeah. And I literally... When he was taking the local train from Center City out to my house, I wrote the song and he showed up and I said, listen to what I just wrote. And he said, I could sing that. So I recorded his his vocal on it and I love the way he sounded. And so I always sort of considered that as we always considered that sort of sort of the first song of an eventual long term collaboration that we would have. Yeah. But. It didn't. His band got back together, and you know whatever happened, we we never really did that. We did we did actually put out a few songs, but um, I just decided that thematically that song really fit the rest of the album. Is you know very introspective and and um, 
you know, some, some sort of a message to it. And uh, so it was basically done. I think I, I think I did a little, little bit of tweaking of the mix, but um, yeah, that's, that's the only, that's the outlier on the album. That's the one song that doesn't come from this time when I've been sort of in exile here. It fits though. And it feels like there's a different confidence in that one. Like, um, like you're saying, look, here's how it is. And it feels like it's a different, it feels like it's a more of a message. Yeah. Yeah. Which before I knew that it still fit the album because it still felt like, cause each song has a different flavor to it about mm-hmm. where you're at emotionally. And every day we were all feeling different emotionally. So it didn't stick out differently, but that one does stand out that it's a little more, it's less pessimist and just kind of like, Hey, you know, kind of like a learning thing. Yep. Help. Now, when I heard that and knowing your love of the Beatles, I'm like, it's gotta be. Yep. What a fun cover. Yeah. That was a total accident. You know, that, um, I think that was actually the first song that I, that I recorded with the Ellie, with the, the, the plastic Italian guitar. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I had, I had a mandola riff and I found a guitar riff and I made a track and I thought, this is great. I'm going to write a song to this. And I started singing and singing and I hated everything. And then I packed up my stuff in the basement. I was walk literally halfway upstairs and I started singing when I was younger, so much younger than today. Yeah. Over that track in my head. And I went, oh my God, I'm not going to write a better song than help to this track. So I might as well go with it. So I literally went back downstairs and sang the song and it was just a miracle how it fit. It's great. I love, because here's the thing. When, I think, when a band takes a song, you can do a, a, a legit full-on cover of it. Some bands do. Yep. And, you, and some bands are perfect. It's spot on. But to me, it's not, I've already, the Beatles already did it perfect. Yeah. Did it that yeah, way. You've, heard, you've heard it. You've heard it. Right. Yeah. You don't want to rewrite a Beatles song either because you don't want to, you know what I'm saying? You can't make something better. Yeah. That's already the best. So, so then right. it puts you in a weird spot. Like, what do you, how can you, you know, I'm, I'm playing homage, homage to some to a song is, like well, rat. So a lot of bands play the time signatures or how they sing it or how they interpret it, which is really kind of the best way I think for a band to do it. So the time signature on this one is, yep. is, is really kind of interesting how you do it. It's kind of fun. That's yeah, what really makes it, the difference. Yeah, it just you know it's a more you know the Beatles version was almost sort of country, with the, you know, with the beat, and this is you know definitely a, you know full on. You know, this could be Green Day or, or you know, Blink One Eighty Two. You know, one of those. One of those. I guess. I, mean, I hear the Beatles and I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> like to yeah, me, I, I hear the Beatles and stuff. I hear your voice. You hit some Paul McCartney, similar. In there, yeah, I got, I got that high, that high, that C sharp. Although Paul would have done it in full voice, I had to do it in falsetto. I don't but, no, that. but you know what I'm saying. When I heard, I had to go back and hear something. I'm like, God, that is so spot close on to like Paul McCartney. It was like cool. really good. That was a really good, like right on it. Um, that's a fun song. The last song you have, Bleed Red. We're talking the guitar on it, it's just ripping. You know, the, the the hard rock heavy metal guitar soloist inside of you is just waiting to come yep. out whenever you get a chance. Self reflective. And what I think is interesting, and I can relate probably more to it with my age, I'm a little bit younger, but I'm probably more close to your age than I am to the kids <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Uh, and I grew up through all this too, is some of the lyrics you say, you you kind of will say it from, you grew up in a different time period as a man, but you're aware of the changes and the diversity also. And you acknowledge that, that there's two time periods, but you're okay with both. And the importance of that, despite this 
two differences or three or whatever. Everyone's the same. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's kind of what you say, but but I I, I think what stuck out to me is generationally. I feel like there's like, you know, when you say your generation, my generation, I feel more like back in the seventies and sixties, and, and to me, growing up, what a man was, and to what things are the past couple of yep. 10, 15 years are totally different. To the kind of parent, yep. I mean, to my young kids, it's different than who my parents were to me. Sure. So it feels like it's two different. Those two two different spots are talking, and and um. Once again, it's another good song. It's vocals are great and the guitar's great. It's, it's you know, hate to gush yeah, on the album, but so it's it's just it's just stand up. That was a last minute addition. You know, I I um I had a, a lot more tracks. I could have I could have put twenty tracks on this album, and I was going to do twelve, and I had twelve for a while, and I just I just realized you know these ten tell the story. I want to thank you for being on the show. This is a great album. It's coming out on Friday. Hopefully this will get before then. Uh, we're going to push it. People go out and get it. It's on all the different platforms. It's going to be on iTunes, uh, Spotify, which sucks the soul out of musicians. <laughs> I personally, I say it's all time. You know, I will say it's on Spotify. I'm like, well, I'm going to hear it then. You better put it on iTunes or something. Um, but it's on Spotify for people to have it. You know, my wife. Um, it's it's, it's going to be everywhere. Uh, the website. You yep. have a great website. You can reach you there. Uh, we just did the 40 years of the Hooters. So we can be looking for something as things open up with air. Yep. So there's a lot of things going on in the Eric and Hooters camp that people should be aware of. And uh, Hooters got a site too. So you can do that too. And yep. just some fantastic stuff out there. A lot of good stuff that you have that people need to, and go back and listen to the old albums too. That he has this two, two, this is two, that is two on iTunes. You have more. Those are the only two I know of for us solo Wait. albums here on, on, on I, iTunes. I, you have two. I have two albums and there's some singles that I've thrown out there over the years. And then okay. there's an, uh, there's an album that I did with a friend of mine in, uh, here in, in Sweden, which is, we, we call it folk grunge. The, the, uh, <laughs> the band is, the artist is Bazillion and Wester. Um, okay. And I, I'm still, we're trying to figure out how to put that on our individual uh, Spotify sites, which, which we can do. We just need to enter some metadata. But if you go to Bazillion and Wester, W-E-S-T-E-R, okay. that, it, it, it feels like a solo album to me because I, I wrote all the lyrics and it's all my vocals. Um, my friend Mats um, plays the the Nickelharpa. It's a this, it's a it's a um, Swedish keyed fiddle, and it's an incredible sound. And it's uh, it's some of the best work I've ever done. So I think you'll you'll get a kick out of that. Well, I think there's a lot of other stuff. And and for people maybe that haven't, and if you're just like Hudrusian, this is a good gateway drug yeah. for you solo and Hooters. But That's then another take some branches off. The that's another right. good one. The Hooters is a good, a good gateway drug. gateway drug. They're all yours. They're all yours. And you have it on tape that says it. And then you can branch off and dig deeper into what I was saying early in the albums, the drums. People should hear the drums on the, on the other, uh, the Dullboy album. Yeah. Interesting. They don't usually hear that. Um, those two albums really show a great, it's, it's fun, different type, but more optimist, pessimist stuff. It's, 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 you know, it's similar to this. It's a little different, but this will really lead you down the path. There's so much other material that people should just kind of go into don't just stop at this album i want to encourage because doing this i dug deeper and then i didn't dig deeper under the hood yeah i broke them down even the solo stuff to, so i can feel a difference and um you know it all takes a test and and you'd be so self short she just makes this your one album so but makes it your first album though because it's new <laughs> yep yeah all right man i will talk to you okay. soon thanks for being on the show thanks so much okay bye okay bye bye